So welcome to another edition of the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. I'm your host, John Fuller, and this time the focus is purely on cricket umpiring. So I'm joined by Jonathan Crabtree. That's a good start to an, uh, a session on podcasting. Crabtree, it's not a difficult word, but anyway, I stumbled. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a good chat about officiating and some of the challenges, what's happening in Yorkshire, that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, evening, Jonathan, you're all right. Good evening. Uh, I'm very well, thank you, John. How are you? Yeah, good. The sun is shining where I am. Um, finally, we've had kind of proper cricket weather. I suppose we were spoiled in March and then uh, into April. And then, uh, yeah, we won't talk too much about May, but it is changing now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I've had, had three consecutive weekends washed out. So fortunately, really glad to have some uh, cricket over the last few days and some cricket weather as well, actually. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I think to, to kick off with, I'd be really interested to hear around your umpiring journey because um, we were talking off air and we, we might mention this a sec around the kind of level you've reached now. But um, uh, everyone has a different route. Obviously, a lot of people play the game and then end up umpiring, um, but also others don't. So I'm just curious in terms of your particular journey and how you got into umpiring and then how you progressed I guess so um I've always been interested in cricket from a young age um from playing in my back garden and hitting the ball over the fence to neighbours and then having to having to go around and say can I have our ball back please but yeah. um uh, at around the age of nine or ten I went to a local club and got playing the game so I say I've always had that interest there and then I progressed into adult cricket Okay. And I uh, must have been about in the about under under 15, under 14, I played, went to play an adult game. And there was no umpire. So said I'd do it, uh, did an end, gave a best batsman out as it was. And um someone said to me, Oh, you'd make a good umpire. And I thought, well, actually, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So the following year, uh, in December, I took my level one as it was then. And then couple of years later I started doing some adult games and one thing that's really helped me on my journey I guess is the support I've received and in my first adult season in South Yorkshire League I was placed with an experienced umpire and that's what we do in the South Yorkshire League um, you get placed with an experienced mentor who can then give you tips give you advice and he was able to give me advice and uh, sh- show me the ropes as it was and give me a little few pointers as well, which was really beneficial. And even though you would then be doing it with other people as well, there's always someone on the end of the phone. Yeah. If you've ever got a question, if you've ever got um, something all um, that, that you want to ask, there's always that support network, which is fantastic. And I say, I'm really grateful to the South Yorkshire League. So um, I then worked, sort of worked my way up, you know, through the divisions, um, got to the championship level, um, had a couple of league finals, okay. which was great. And then in 2016, um, I was promoted to the supplementary list for the Yorkshire Premier League. Uh, it was then split at that point into North and South. Yeah. And so I did, a, I did a year on that. And then following that, I was promoted to the full panel of umpires, which I've um, been on since. And last year I was honoured to do the final for the Yorkshire Premier League South competition because it was 
with the, with the COVID year, it was um, split into North and South. And I would say I was privileged um, to umpire the final for that. But throughout my, my journey, I've been, re- I say I've been really well supported. Um, I've done lots of events such as Bunbury Festival, the prestigious Bunbury Festival, um, and uh, I've gone and done lots of um, uh, junior fest- say junior festivals where I've been mentored. So I've been very fortunate and I consider myself very fortunate to be mentored by very experienced people who really helped me yeah. on my journey. And without I don't, without that support, I wouldn't be where I am today. But I say now I'm 12 seat. I think this is my 12th season. Um, <laughs> still loving it. Just Still got the love of the game and yeah. loving it just as much as I always have done, really. Um, yeah. and, and I guess I'm um, curious if someone was starting out now, um, and they're thinking about umpiring. As I said earlier, either they played the game and they think I want to move on to officiating or they want to bypass the whole playing aspect and just jump into umpiring. Is there a, a clear pathway and an easy pathway for someone to, to do as you've done? Well, um, for, first of all, I think um, one, one thing that I think is important to understand for young people is it's not a choice. Yeah. You don't have to choose playing or umpiring. You can play and you can umpire as well. Um, and it's and I think that's that's an important thing. I mean, what we're running this year is the Young Cricket Officials course, okay. which has been rolled up by ACB, which is like an introductory. It's like a pre-level one course, um, and it gets you into, um, it shows you umpiring, scoring, and then you can do junior cricket, because that is, for me, the perfect learning ground, junior cricket, umpired by young people. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing doing a game uh, friendly my first or second year and someone said to me, it's nice to see an umpire without a hearing aid. And I think that sort of shows you the perception yes. as well, which is which I think is something that needs to be broken down in a way. People see it as uh, young people play, old people umpire. Yeah. And, that, and I think I think that's important uh, perception to break down. But yeah, they can take that. You can take the, you can take the um, young cricket officials course, which is going to be run this season okay. um and then you've got uh, you can do junior games and then you can do your level one which will then build the stage one now as it's called which will build on that i mean it depends as well what what you want to do do you want to umpire junior matches or do you want to umpire senior cricket yeah. really as well i guess so it does it does depend a little bit on that but as i say um, uh, th- th- this year we are running certain festivals as well for young umpires um to help them develop which um I'm, I'm quite involved with in terms of appointing young umpires but uh say so there is a there is a pathway there but it, yeah. but it also depends what they want from it do they want to just yeah. do junior games or would you like to go into adult cricket yeah fair enough i think that that's a really good point because for some people um they're well they're ambitious they want to stretch themselves so they'll they want to move up the ranks and and officiate as Higher standards they can gradually. I appreciate it's not overnight. Um, and other people probably just want to get qualified enough so they're comfortable, as you say, handling junior cricket at their club or whatever happens to be. Um, they're supporting grassroots cricket in a slightly different way, even though obviously um, there's always demand for more umpires, I'm sure. Um, oh, hang on a sec. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. This see, this is Zoom. Um, podcasting at its best you know halfway through one interview someone else wants to be late should we let nick nick in he has been a bit late 
Oh, I'm getting a nod. All right, hang on a sec. Yeah, let, yeah let's get yeah, let's get, get him in. in. <laughs> oh, he's joining. Hi, Nick. You're right. Oh no, he's he's on mute. See, if this was a different type of production value, I'd be editing this all out. But this is going straight on. Hey, Nick. You're right. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm sorry, I'm a little bit late. No, it's all right. Don't worry. Um, just for people listening to the podcast later. Uh, I am joined by Nick Boys. He's Club and Community Development Officer for West, uh, and that's at the Yorkshire Cricket Board. So, nice small area for you to cover. Not many clubs in West Yorkshire. Good for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were just chatting actually, um, me and Jonathan, around, I suppose, his journey, but also uh, opportunities to kind of get into umpiring what there is out there at the moment. Uh, and a uh, sort of course for young officials. Uh, and also, the I could just go with my two ticks. I just need to go. My, my, I think my Wi Fi is a bit slow. I'm just going to go. And yeah, yeah no worries. Out. He came, he saw, he ran away from the Cricket Yorkshire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. My, my, it's my internet connection overloaded. I've got kids home from university and all sorts. So I do apologize. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, my internet connection, funnily enough, um, doesn't work so well when it rains, which it never does in Yorkshire. So obviously, that's not a problem. But <laughs> potentially it could be an issue so okay well i had a quick chat to johnson so maybe i can turn to you nick around your yeah your role with the ycb because i've done a few articles around umpiring i did one last year in the height of covid um and i can't remember which league it was i covered but possibly york senior but there's a massive drop in numbers of umpires willing to umpire obviously um, you know, because of coronavirus. Um, and Jonathan and I were talking earlier around this kind of perception of umpires and the age of umpires, which I don't think is ageist or controversial. I think the average age is, um, you know, fairly high. Um, in your experience, I'm just curious as to, in your role, um, what the current challenges are for umpiring, I suppose, with a, a West Yorkshire hat on, but maybe a bit broader. As you say, I think following the pandemic, I think people have, have understandably kind of dropped out, reassessed what their priorities are. And I think some people have, have left officiating. I think um, it, for whatever reason, it's difficult to attract uh, new people into umpiring, uh, particularly that kind of traditional age of, you know, you retire from playing cricket and you go and be an umpire. I think Jonathan's a great example of where it could go with get, getting people that are, you know, sort of realising that they're not, not that I'm decrying any, any cricketing ability, but people who feel like their future's an umpiring rather than playing. And just because they love it or because they feel they're going to do a better job as officiating, um, I think that's a real one for the future. But I think, I think the challenges are something that we've all got to meet together. Uh, and in terms of my role, um, the cricket, the club and community development manager role that's just about increasing participation across all aspects whether it's playing whether it's volunteering at clubs whether it's helping out you know with development plans or whether it's increasing officials as well uh, scorers umpires you know groundkeepers the whole the whole lot um and so i mean that that does i mean i guess we can go on to the young officials one shortly but that's yeah this, that, that's new um certainly to me and i think it's a i think it's a really good idea yeah i think uh, i in my, I suppose, role in uh, grassroots cricket, whatever that is. Um, I see a lot of different suggestions and uh, I think we probably swapped emails, the three of us, around the Dales Council, which I played in in West Yorkshire before. Um, and there was some communication going around suggestions, essentially, to just um, encourage more people to 
think about umpiring and what the possible barriers would be. So they were talking about literally uh, clothing and what you wear and kind of forcing you to wear a sort of shirt and tie and, and that formality. You know, how much does that put people off? Jonathan's nodding as well. Um, and, and something I thought was they've got to vote this through so it'll be really interesting to see what they do or not but i think a suggestion is that you incentivize clubs with possibly extra league points even uh if they provide number as opposed to penalizing those that don't and i'm sure there'll be some people that sort of throw their arms up and say well you know you're you're potentially affecting games and, and league positions all the rest of it but you have to do something differently don't you otherwise the problem doesn't change um, what do you think, Jonathan, around some of those things? Well, I know in our league, um, above, a bit below a certain level, um, clubs that put umpires into the system are the main beneficiaries. So it might mean that a slightly higher division game doesn't get umpires because they've not put them into the system. Yeah. Because it, it, when you think about it, if you've got, a, say, a Division 7 club, for example, who put four umpires into the system, it doesn't seem fair that they should not benefit from that when you've got, say, a Division 3 club who's not put any into the system. So when they're allocating fixtures below a certain level, it's a case of, right, okay, who's put them into the system? They get them first because we do have a shortfall. You've got to appoint over 100 umpires every week, which is a huge, a huge number. And then you're going to have a shortfall. We have a shortfall every every week, um, because because a hundred umpires is a huge challenge yeah. to be able to get out, and then of course, in addition to that, you have things like holidays that people book during the season, and things like that. But I think a good way of going about it is making sure the clubs benefit yeah. from putting them into the system, because that will then mean that clubs will actively go out to try and promote umpires themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... Well, perhaps we could sort of move things on to the young officials' call. So, uh, again, we swapped emails um, pre this podcast, and my understanding was, um, yeah, kind of free short training. Is that right, Jonathan? Maybe you could give me a bit of background. So, um, we talked earlier a bit about it, but now Nick's on the call as well. Um, I guess I, yeah, just to take a scenario, someone who's um, 16 um, and is, uh, yeah, interested in starting, not done any umpiring before. Um, is this the kind of thing that, again, I saw a, something like an umpire's T-shirt and ball counter and a few bits and pieces to kind of, again, just provide a package, a bit like you see with All-Stars or Dynamo's cricket, that kind of stuff. Um, could you give me a flavour of, What's included and why, if I was 16, I should be jumping at the chance? So, um, first of all, it is aimed at teenagers. It's it's right. direct, you know it's aimed at, at people sort of 14 to 16. It's called the Young Cricket Officials Course, and it's it, it's it's an introduction. It's quite a practical course as well. It's been run out by ECB, and I'm sure Nick, Nick will be able to tell you a bit more about what's involved by it because he's involved with um, Chris Rowley at ECB to launch it um, this 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 year, but. Yeah. It's specifically aimed at people that age. It is. It's the you know, it's the first time we've actually aimed at that age group, yeah. designed specifically for them. That's that's um, important, I think, because you want to be inclusive as a game, uh, and 
I suppose, yeah, try and try and do that. But equally, this is me with my marketing head on now, but um, you've got to talk to a specific demographic, whoever that is, you know. Um, and ultimately, um, whether you're a cricket club who are looking to get players in uh, uh, from a young age at kind of all-stars and then you hope they'll stick with you, it's got to be the same with the umpires, isn't it? You know, so you've got to go out and talk to that age group and say, look, there's a great opportunity here. How is Nick? Maybe I can turn to you. Um, how is that being effectively um, not delivered? But I suppose how are you getting clubs on board? Well, we're in the in the really early stages with this. Uh, I mean, one of the key things is is if I think if it's really important that if we're going to give some some training and uh, and direction to young people, has got got to be somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be somewhere for them to go and practice their newly trained skills. Yeah. Um, and so that's really vital. So what we don't want to do is just throw a load of training out there, get a load of people trained up, and then and then have no, nothing for them to do effectively. Yeah. So um, at the moment we're, we're, we've got the course content from the ECB. There is quite a lot of it, although it is it's not what you'd call you know traditional umpire training. It doesn't go into all the laws of the game and all that kind of thing. It's 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 certainly. A fresh look at it and it does include that free t-shirt free ball county you get those on on day one of the course it's only a three-hour course so it's it's okay. it's really basic in terms of the content and it is if I, I guess the umpire's version of like you say all stars and dynamos cricket you know that it comes with the t-shirt it comes with the look you get an identity you, get, you know membership of the aco and we keep a track of who's done the training and then we really importantly are looking to do it just before there's something like maybe a festival or if you've got a club that's got a particular kind of under 13, under 15 age group that, that have got some people that are interested and they've got some, perhaps some under nine, under 11 games to go and officiate at and practice at. Yeah. Um, so I think I mean, it's really important to recognise that it is definitely aimed at, at young people. Um, how then you, you look down the line and look in, in years to come, how, how you then retain those people as they get older and keep them you know, involved in the game so that they become you know, the, the umpires of the future in the senior game, that, that's that's a whole different question, isn't it? And that's one for the, I guess, the, the following years. Yeah, it is. And um, uh, probably uh, several podcasts string together in terms of solving that particular <laughs> riddle. Um, well, if well, you can, for all ears, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you both. Maybe start with Jonathan. Um, if you could, if you had a carte blanche to... Um, make any change, you know, any budget, anything you like um, to get more people umpiring. Um, if you could do anything, you could go up to ECB and say, right, we're going to do this tomorrow. I think it's a great idea. Is, that, is there anything that, um, yeah, springs to mind that you'd love to do or love to see happen in the future? <laughs> brilliant uh it's a brilliant uh brilliant question john um put you on the spot of it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say um i, I think th the thing is it's about in terms of courses and things that we want to do i think whatever we do it's got to appeal to young people yeah in terms of looking to get them into officiating so it's got to, what we run has got to be it's got to be something practical yeah yeah there's no it's not it's got to move it's got to for me in getting young people into umpiring, it's got to move away from the classroom. Yeah, that's a, I think just to jump in there a sec. That's a really interesting point. Now, I'm theoretically qualified as a cricket coach. I, mean, I haven't done it for years, but I did my level. Uh, it will have changed, but it was level two probably five, 
five years ago. Um, and it struck me then that um, we had sort of flip charts. So we were doing sort of practicals and we had these cards and it felt, I mean, you know, it is a, a sort of practical classroom, isn't it? Whether you're cricket coaching or whether you're umpiring. Um, but you have to sort of adapt the environment to the age to an extent. I, I know, obviously, um, um, yeah, kids that, that age aren't sort of alien to a classroom by any means. But um, I think that's a really good point around make it relatable and, and not putting them off straight away, you know. You don't want to say, here's a sort of um, two-month program, <laughs> sign on the dotted line. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think, I think that there's, that's, that's a really good point and, and dead right there, Jonathan. It, it's, it's making it, you know, making it fun, making it kind of fresh. Um, I kind of just, I, I guess on a similar sort of line there, I mean, do, do we really, I mean, it's kind of talking really about aiming this this young officials course at the age of kids that are the classic drop-off age for playing cricket. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, you know, for me as well, some, you know, the, the, we, we all talk about it. Those in cricket circles all talk about, oh, well, yeah, they drop off because they, they get interested in other things, whether it's going out socialising or, or anything like that. But I mean, but is it? Um, and and do, do we know why? And And how many clubs have got the time and means to actually find out why and contact parents and find out why people do leave and offer them something else. Is, is there an opportunity to say, okay, you might be, you might, you might be stopping playing cricket because you're actually a little bit scared of a hard ball. It might not be for you, uh, but how about, do you want to stay involved socially in a way of doing that? What's wrong with scoring or umpiring for your mates when they're playing? Is there a bit of a hook to keep people in that way? And it's that kind of thinking that's really difficult to get to because we're in a, we're in a you know club land is volunteer led isn't it and people have got a, a finite amount of time they have a busy weeks at, at work and then they come and give up the time in you know in in the world of junior cricket and stuff like that and so it's really hard but I mean I just wonder if there's an opportunity to maybe look at, at those kind of those those young people that are leaving cricket and would they actually like to stay involved but not in a playing capacity and what do we actually have in what what do we have in mean what means do we have to kind of hook them back in at that point back in. yeah that's a really good point um I probably want to talk, we ought to talk briefly uh, around, I suppose, behaviour and conduct, because uh, I'd be interested, Jonathan, what you your take is, because obviously you uh, umpire at Premier League level, so um, not that actually behaviour is linked to a higher or lower standard. I'm sure you see all sorts of all, all, all areas of the game. Um, but I imagine that could potentially put someone off if they were looking to get into the game. I guess I'm thinking if we're looking at sort of teams and maybe they play cricket and they've seen uh, what the umpire gets on a Saturday. <laughs> and I am sort of, you know, these are broad strokes because uh, there's, you know, thousands of games that pass without incident. But um, do you think... Um, behaviour of players and sort of conduct on the field I guess I'm asking Jonathan because with his umpiring background at the moment do you think that's a significant problem um, or do you think because obviously I don't know at the stage at the moment but we certainly were going down the red card route weren't we potentially so um, are the controls in place in any way shape or form to sort of curb player behaviour Yes, so um, obviously uh, it's been well reported quite recently over the past few years about the decline in player behaviour. 
Hence, there's been a new system introduced, levels one to four of um, player conduct. And recently, there's been, we, we, we've had quite a bit of training on it. And we've discussed about um, things like dissent versus disappointment, what constitutes dissent, what constitutes disappointment. Um, and obviously, we have levels one to four. Now, I think the first thing I'd like to say is, over my 12 years, I've not sent, I've not reported. It's not in double figures, put it that way. Okay. The number of things I've reported are, and I've only had two level two offences, which right. is, which is, so, and, and, and now you've got your level one, which is sort of your minor things, such as a, uh, abusive equipment where a player might, you know, hurl his bat or something like that, or show dissent by showing your bat when you give him that LBW or something like that. And then you've got level two, which is like your serious descent, and then levels three and four where it gets really serious. And uh, level four is where you send someone off and they can't partake anymore. In the game now in the South Yorkshire League, what we've done now is we've introduced a new um, discipline code, whereby if a club gets reported for a level one offence, they get so many points. They, and it's like a totting up system. So if you get a level one offence, they get so many points for that. Level two, so many points, and, and progressively three and four. If they accumulate so many points, their first team gets docked points. Now it is done via club rather than team so if you've got three teams that it's the total points accumulated by those three teams and the points are taken off the first team ah interesting so it's what we're trying what, what we're trying to do i guess is we're trying to put the onus on the clubs to deal with the players now what what we do is if i report someone say on the saturday uh, then within 48 hours the club or by, by the Monday, if you have done it on the Saturday, we'll get an, a thing from the league saying they've been done for, for whatever thing, and then they have to take action. It's up to their responsibility to take action. Now, there are certain guidelines. So, for example, if you've done a level one offence, you'll probably get a suspended ban. Okay. However, if you then commit another offence, you'll probably get banned. And if it's a level two, you will then you will probably get a ban for that. Because once you get to level two, you're looking at sort of things like serious dissent by word or action. So, for example, if he, I don't know, you give someone out and you swear and show your bat at you, that'd be level two. Ser yeah. Serious dissent is by word and action. But let's say we've got the discipline points uh, system in place. And I think it's one of those things where clubs, once you do things like that consistently, clubs will get the, you know, people will get the message and they'll understand that uh, about how to do it, how, about managing it. But as I say, it's not a big issue. Um, over the past couple of years, uh, I mean, this season, last season, I had one offence and it was a level one. Right. And it was just a player, it was a player throwing his bat. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it was a minor thing, abusive equipment. And we spoke to him after the game and said, look, we've got, you know, it's a level one for this. And you know what? They, they, they were great, the club. Yeah. They, they, I, mean, they, I mean, the poor young lad, um, his captain, made him apologise in front of the whole team. Um, <laughs> say, I would let themselves that. I, mean, the, the club, I say the club were absolutely brilliant with dealing with it. And I think once clubs take the lead like that, yeah, um, that's obviously going to be a really positive thing. But I think the great thing is the onus is on the clubs um, to take action against the offending player. And because it's ultimately going to potentially affect some losing points, that is going to give them incentive as well to take action against the responsible players and say, look, you need to start towing the line here because otherwise we're going to get docked points and we could go down yeah. or we might not go up. And if that, and, it, and when, um, and I think once, one or two, if, if one, that happens to one or two clubs, it's going to very quickly get the message that that, that 
um, they need to behave themselves. But as I say, player behavior is not a, in my experience, it's not a huge issue. Um, okay. And the really important thing, in my, I think, is outlining your expectations at the toss yeah. Um, yeah. to the captains. So they understand how you're going to umpire the game um, and what you expect, and then, then passing it on to the players. Because if you get the toss right, then you can always refer back to it as well. Yeah. You can say, you know, it's like a, someone, uh, one, one of my mates refers to it as a verbal contract. Yeah. Where, where you, 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 you can, you can, uh, 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 they can also ask you questions as well. And you can say, look, we want to work with you, but you know, ultimately they're responsible. And this is what, this is what we're going to accept. You know, we, it's okay having this and this, but we can't have, we're not having anything personal. Um, when we give someone out, we don't want them hanging around. Um, you know, think, think, I, th- I think the toss is, is a really important point there as well. But I say what we've got is we've got the discipline point system in place. And as I say, it is, it is a minority of games as well. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, I don't know if Nick will be able to jump in on this or not. Um, I'm also curious because obviously that's at a high level and... Um, the flip side of that sort of structure is many, many games I've played at, which will probably hint at the sort of standard cricketer I've been over the years, but um, where, yeah, clubs don't have two umpires for a start uh, and players umpire um, routinely either square leg duty or whatever happens. Um, is it more challenging in those kind of circumstances? And I guess I'll ask Nick. Um, in terms of, uh, yeah, handling things like dissent, which we've said is not major and sort of prevalent hugely, but it's difficult, isn't it, when you're playing at a standard where um, you're struggling to get officials on board, um, you kind of want to encourage more people in, and that's tricky, isn't it? It is. It's a really, really hard balance to, to get right because, um, yes, it's very hard to get to get umpires in, I mean the, the, the classic one there. If your games where you've got one umpire and you and you and then the batting team's providing square leg, then there's the, there's the obvious there's the obvious issues there, um, you know. And it's kind of I've played in those kind of games as well, and it's kind of taken as read that you're probably not going to get any decisions off that batsman, and then both teams do it, and then you yeah. end up with incorrect decisions basically, you know. But at least it's the same for both teams. But you know, <laughs> is is it right? I'd leave that question out there. It's not really. No, you can't really give an answer to that. But, um, but at the same time, it's really important. To, at the same time as getting umpires, it's really important to have umpires that that do a good job as well. Because I mean, recognizing that there's it's not just umpires that are dropping off the game; it's players as well. Yeah. Um, and whilst you have one or two umpires on the pitch, you've certainly got twenty-two players on the pitch as well. Yeah. Um, and if they're expecting um, decisions to be made correctly and fairly and consistently and all that sort of thing, and it doesn't quite happen. Um, then maybe they do come back. They'll come back next week as well. So I mean, it's the, it's the same. It, it, you know, it, the same applies to kind of all aspects really. And I think by and large, people accept that we're not. You know, clubland is is a long way from professional cricket. There's, there isn't the benefit of of replays. Um, sometimes mistakes are made, and I think ninety nine point nine percent of the time people accept that. Yeah. Um, sometimes when when player behaviour falls far below the, the standard required, then then that can be dealt with. Um, and there's, there's usually in the leagues that I've kind of kind of played in before that there's there's a feedback process f- for the clubs back to the umpires as well, where yeah. you know they can they can give that feedback. Yeah, I think as well maybe it's a point worth making. I think it's easier 
to accept that an umpire has made a mistake, a qualified umpire than a player as well. A player may make a genuine mistake, yeah. whereas an, and an umpire making one, I think that's a different thing, whereas some people may, it's very easy to say a player who may make a mistake has a vested interest. You know, it might be the best player, for example, whereas at least with an umpire, I guess, it's slightly different, isn't it? I mean, yeah. to say we all make mistakes and, you know, I, 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 I'll hold my hands up. You know, I, I, I've got things wrong and I've made mistakes, but I think maybe it's slightly, it's something that's slightly easier to accept from an umpire than from, from the bloke's mate who's maybe given a lift home at square leg <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's yeah. kind of all sorts of anecdotal things that happen, isn't there, over the years? You know, it's obvious which way the game's going and a dubious LBW or two get given because the bus is in 10 minutes and all that sort of thing. You yeah, always get those yeah. kind of allegations flying. Yeah, um, or just look, yeah. Look, look at the watch before raising the finger or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear all these stories. Um, yeah. I ought to mention a, a cricket book I read recently, actually. Um, and uh, it was, bizarrely enough, it was a league I played in. So... Many moons ago, I used to play in the Thames Valley League, which covers, well, from Middlesex, Surrey, up to kind of Oxfordshire and a vast amount of area. Um, I think the title is something like, you'd be able, people can Google it if they want or look on Amazon. What was wrong with that umps or something? It's something similar to that. Um, and it's kind of match reports. And then him, him analysing his performance um, and what he got wrong. And it's very pretty self-critical actually but I imagine Jonathan do you get home and sort of uh replay the game and kind of think through decisions and all that stuff yeah yeah you do and it's it's I was talking to my mate actually about this the game I did on uh Monday we were saying we're probably and sometimes more reflective than players because you're <laughs> saying you know I often think you know the other day you know for example you might be at work and then and then you think did I get the LBW right on Saturday? And you do, you do, you do think about it. I mean, I, I spoke to a player once. I gave, I gave out, and he didn't look very happy. And then I thought to myself, I'm sure that was out. I'm sure, I'm sure. It was. Anyway, he comes to second innings. He's coming out with keeping pads on. He comes up and says, uh, "Hey, Cravers, how out was I?" I said, "Well, when he's on the boot in front, it, it's generally pretty out." And he says, "And he says, yeah, I says, oh yeah, I was absolutely plumber considered walking for it." <laughs> and yeah, it was strange because I, I looked at him and he was he looked re, he looked really disappointed. So I thought, did he did he think he hit that or something like that? But then he, he said to me later, Oh yeah, I was absolutely plumb. And you, yeah, yeah you do yeah. you do replay it, and it's about learning as well. To one of the things you have to learn as well, I guess, is how you park it and then come back to it later. And that's one thing that I've had to learn. You know, how do you sort of park it and then be focused, like ready for the next ball? Yeah, because. Yeah. The, the next ball is always the most important one. Yeah. Your next decision is always the most important one. And you don't, obviously, if you're thinking back to the bloke you gave out last ball or two balls ago, whatever, yeah. or a decision you made, you might miss the, the next thing, which mm -hmm. is going to be the, ultimately, that's the most important one. And it's about getting that mindset right. But yeah, um, often when I'm driving back in the car or whatever, or when I get, I'll, I'll be think, uh, yeah, it is easy to, look back and think about and um i say what my colleague earlier this week said we're probably in some ways more reflective than players well in, um, in, 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 in some plays in that respect we are very reflective yeah. and i know i am quite self-critical um because i want to get better and i want mm. to Im improve my game so i'm always getting that that's one thing that i've always wanted to do i've always so when i've when I've been observed i've always or people watch me say well, what, what do you think i can do better 
when I've been observed by people because I want to be able yeah. to improve my game. So I've always been quite reflective. And I think umpires do sometimes think back. And I think at least if you're taking that approach, it shows you care. The fact yeah. that you want yeah. to get better. And um, I say, I, 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 I've always tried to take feedback on board from people and to try and improve and get and, and, and get better. But yeah, you do. You do think back to your decisions and think, oh, did I get that right? Or did you know, so, so yeah, you, you, you do think that way. Well, yeah, um, so I think it just it does it. I mean, it really shows that, that it comes across that you're passionate about it and that you care. And so, no matter what your role is in whatever sport it is, whether it's officiating, playing, you, you know, you care about it and you want and you want to get better. Uh, and you know, I guess that's the same for players. And also, in terms of reading that that batsman's face and they're looking upset and look disappointed, well, they probably were, but in themselves, by the sounds of it, rather than your decision, and that's kind of your interpretation of their disappointment being directed at you, when in fact. It's just on the face because they're really upset with themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, because you obviously it's differentiating again between that. Are they just disappointed at themselves? Like, for example, or is it actually dissent? Like, for example, a player may grind out 30 working really hard, then have a flash at one and sneak it through to the keeper. You give them out and what? And, and, and then they're really disappointed. But actually, they're annoyed at themselves for working really hard uh, for that 30. And then suddenly... Yeah, they've they've given it away through a lapse in concentration, and actually they're annoyed at themselves, not at you. But so it's about it's also about re, it's, it's and then you get into sort of interpreting the context as well, aren't you? As well in that in that yeah. kind of scenario which I've just given you there. So it's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Really, yeah, it is. Yeah, I often think should you you know with the other post match meeting with the captains, and uh, you know probably completely unworkable, but probably better to have that a couple of days later. When everyone's a proper chance to reflect, write down a few thoughts, and then come together and have a really meaningful discussion, which you can learn something from, rather than everyone, you know, the captains are sweating, everyone wants to get away, they want to get out or get to the bar for a pint or whatever, and you end up just kind of not really talking about anything when you know you probably could. That could be really useful, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, some leagues do do that. Um, I was speaking to some people down south because when I've done young official events and things like that, I've gone out of county and done things and. Someone was saying they do have, um, there are leagues who do that after the game, they're like a post-match meeting because mm. they said what you often get is, some, or sometimes what you can get is the, you've got everyone in the bar. At one end, you've got the umpires moaning about the players. And at the other end, you've got the players moaning about the umpires. And they often just have a little um, meeting just to discuss, you know, what's gone well and things like that and have a quick chat. And it can, it can only be 30 seconds, but I know there are leagues that do that. Mm. Well, I've got one kind of quick question to wrap up. Um and it's a bit lighthearted, I suppose, but I'll start with Jonathan. I don't know if Nick either is a player or um, involved in cricket in any way, shape or form, but what's the strangest thing that's happened to you as an umpire? So is there anything that's, well, just been weird, either a decision you've had to take because of something that's happened or maybe something you've seen on a, you know, uh, you must say, yeah, it's your 12th season or so. You must have seen yeah. some weird, <laughs> eventful stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I did have one bloke once get out and turn around and kick the stump out the ground. Disappointment. <laughs> um, uh, that's a slight light out of one. And I did once actually, um, a bit more, a bit more serious now, um, get taken to get, get taken ill during a game. Oh, no. And I got appendicitis during a game. Wow. So that was quite wow. an interest. That was quite an interest. That was quite an interesting one. I mean, um, I had my Fitbit on, and um, it was in the second innings. I just got really sharp pain. And so I looked at my and you look at your Fitbit, and my heart rate was at one hundred and eighteen. 
okay. or something ridiculous. And um, I spoke to my colleague, because my colleague, now my colleague, he came over and he used to be a physio, you see. So he knew something was wrong. And so I got taken, yeah, I got, I got taken by, by ambulance in the end and I got my appendix out the following day. So that, that, that's a bit that's a bit of a that's a world strange, exclusive on cricket yorkshire strange strange one yeah gonna say i mean um yeah so that that was that was quite an an, an, int- an interesting one um but yeah i mean <laughs> i hope you were back say, following I mean, the following week yeah i gotta say um uh they said they said uh, i did have the clubs and they said are you sure you're all right are you <laughs> you're not going to collapse on us or anything so they <laughs> so they did but i say i must admit the clubs were excellent um in that situation that showed just how great the cricket community is and yeah. as, as what one thing i'll always say about umpiring is it's a great you know if, if it is you get to watch the best game from the best seat in the house um you know if you're into cricket it's a great way of doing it yeah. and you learn so many skills such as uh you get to manage it managing players self-confidence and it, it it's brilliant, yeah. But one, one, one of the best ones that, yeah, so, someone got out, he turned around and kicked the ball and the stump out the ground. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had to five penalty runs in for level two. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's one of those that you just, at the time, it's not funny, but then you turn around and look and, and you, it's one of those things you just now look at and you just have a smile to yourself about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about you, Nick? Can you, um, can you rival appendicitis in a white coat? <laughs> I think one of one of the strangest things that I've seen on a cricket pitch, and I've and I kind of and I can't I must admit I can't remember how the umpire dealt with it, but um going back a long time now, there was a, a a guy in the opposition who when he came out to bat, he stood behind the wickets and as the bowlers on his run-up kind of jumped over them oh, uh, wow. and and then he only lasted a couple of balls, as you can probably guess, but mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, and it and it was Took everyone by surprise. I've never, never have seen anything like that before or since. Not the kind yeah. of thing you would see. But I, I don't, I don't even know if that's within the rules. If you can do that, but I think the fact that he got out really quickly probably saved the umpires from, <laughs> from what a strange, yeah. you know, what what decision would they do? What would you do with that, Jonathan? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, one, I can, I can tell you one of the best stories I've heard. It's not when I was umpiring from someone else. This was, this was some time ago, and it was told by a guy called Tommy Wilson from Lancashire. He was a brilliant guy. And he just reels off these and he was saying that he was umpiring with an Irish guy, I can't remember his name. Anyway, I can't remember his name, but he was umpiring this game. And it was like second 11 county level. So it was a really good standard. And there's this cat, this guy who played counter cricket bowling at this at the other guy's end. And he appeals for this LBW, huge appeal, convinced it's out, turned down. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, toddles back. Couple of balls that hits the pad again. Big appeal, convinced it's out, not given. Again, can't believe it. Chuntering away, walks back to his mark. A couple of overs later, hits the pad again. Another big appeal, convinced it's out, and again, it's not given. Now, and it, it turns to him and gets it gets, gets out a one pound note, which tells you just how, how long ago this probably gives <laughs> ideas how long ago this was. And it, it gives it gives him it gives the umpire this one note. He said, so "I might take this as a bribe," and he says, "No, it's to buy biscuits for your guide dog." <laughs> but that's that's not the end of the story though so it comes to the second innings and this guy comes out to bat and he's at this guy's end shoves shove his pad down the wicket hits him on the pad there's and there's a big appeal and he looks at this up the umpire and he can see he's looking down he thinks nah he's not he's not oh he's not going to give it he's looking down and the umpire said what do you think rover and gave it out <laughs> 
but yeah, that's, that's the one. I mean, um, similar to your story, um, I know, uh, short leg, there was a, there was a batsman facing up to a West Indian bowler, um, can't which what, 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 yeah, he was playing at, uh, club cricket and he walks out and there's a, you know, he's surrounded, as you can imagine, there's a short, you know, there's someone behind him at short leg, you know, they've got all the slips in place and he looks to this guy at short leg and says, what are you doing there? He says, I'm fielding. He says, I'm fielding there. He says, not anymore, you know. He took two step, three steps back to where the guy at short leg was because he fancy facing him. Yeah, I well, guess I, I mean... Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think uh, I can, uh, um, uh, can kind of uh, trump that. That's, um, that's quite, a, quite a good story. You're, you're building up the repertoire for kind of after-dinner speaking, Jonathan. So keep, keep working <laughs> yeah, just, I, Great stuff. I just have to make sure that I remember them all. That's the thing. I mean, I get told oh, them yeah, by other people, down, the, 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 these stories. But yeah, I do need to make sure that I remember them. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll let you both um, get on. Thank you very much, because I don't know where you are if the sun is out, but uh, it's glorious here. So thanks for, uh, yeah, spending some of your evening in yeah. our company. It's been really good um, and yeah, very enjoyable. So um, have a good evening. Um, all the best with the, obviously, Young Umpires course. I hope that when that kind of comes to fruition, I'll keep an eye out on Cricket Yorkshire. See you both in person at some point in the future. Yeah, Thank good. you, John. Thanks, uh, thanks for having care. us. Excellent. All right, take care. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, now.